point. We're living in a, you know, a modern age of uh, the new psychedelic renaissance. And I thought, this is this is not real. This is uh, my gosh. I'm on the radio. People hear me. You know what we do with our time here on the planet, and uh, you know how we give to others and affect others' lives, and uh, what we do with it is important. Oh, wait a minute! I didn't know that's the direction we were going. <laughs> that every major spiritual tradition says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within. It's about what makes you happy and satisfied. Like you said, like you just said, you have to be able to control it. You can't let it control you. Always part of me wanted an audience. It's naive to think that human beings have stopped evolving. The, the world is a very rich place if you start exploring. Well, hey, this is Chris Wright. And uh, in case you didn't know, making a program like this isn't easy. So I've decided to include a couple of tasteful advertisements. I don't know. I guess you'll like them. Here, try them out for size. These are supposed to be the good years for Barb and me. I finally got out of the rat race and retired. My son is now making good money as a call center worker in Mumbai. And my wife keeps trying to give all our savings to some internet scam for our car's limited warranty. But as I look through the window of our summer cabin on Turtle River Lake, things just seem to be only in shades of gray. Oh, John, what's wrong? Nothing, dear. Well, obviously something's wrong, don't you know? You're sitting there moping about like that gosh-tarn snapping turtle that lives under the dock. Whatever, I guess I'll tell you. But don't make a fuss out of it. I don't want to put you out. John, you can tell me anything. Okay, Barb, but only because you ask nicely. I've just been feeling da a little down. Life has just been a bit bland. All those credit card companies are telling me that I'm pre-qualified. But what does that mean? That I'm qualified before I'm qualified? What's really troubling you? Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at all those movie stars like William Shatner that don't seem to age. Yet here I am with a bald spot that's been developing since I was 25 and gray hair since I was 23. I got a tattoo of a rose back in college, but now it's bouquet. I want to be young again, Barb. Well, I think I know what you need. What's that? John, I don't think you've been getting enough ketchup. Ketchup has natural mellowing agents that buttress your mental state and subsidize your lackluster endorphins. I thought of that, Barb. We used the last of our ketchup in our tater tot hot dish this morning. Well, why don't you say we go pocket some ketchup packets from Paul Bunyan's sub shop downtown? Petty theft. That's the woman I married. These are the good years when spring turns into fall. You feel the world is fleeting like the bargains at the mall. Life is flowing like a ketchup waterfall. Ketchup for the good times. Ketchup, ketchup. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Wright, and I'm the host of the podcast Point Counterpoint. It's been a little while since I've uploaded another episode, but uh, I'm back, and I'm better than ever, baby. And I'm in the outdoors, recording where humans are meant to be. 
And on this special episode, since it's the first time I've been back in a while, I've decided let's do a little, a little imbibing together. Okay, um, you can get your favorite drink as you listen to me. Um, but for me, I'm going to be drinking from Martel Cognac. Uh, just one of those little sample bottles you can get. Uh, single distillery fine cognac. Uh, company was made in 1715, which is pretty cool. P produced and bottled in France, that's cool. But yeah, just going to be sipping on that, and we're going to be talking. Cognac is a, it's kind of like whiskey, in a way, in that it's a spirit. In other, way, in other ways, in ways that mean more, <laughs> it's uh, not a whiskey. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> Let's take a sip. Cognac. So uh, unlike unlike whiskey, this is made from distilled uh, wine. So it has more of a wine type flavor, fruity. Still tastes very strong, you know, as you'd imagine for a spirit. But very nice, very nice flavor, I'll say. Yeah, put a few hairs in your chest. What is it? It's forty percent alcohol. Yeah. yeah, just gonna be sipping on that, and uh, just be talking. Um, I think the first thing I wanted to talk about with was a book that I started reading um, just recently. It is called Empire of the Summer Moon. Quanna Parker and the Rise and Fall of the Comanches, the most powerful Indian tribe in American history, which is just such a rich history. Such a rich history. They were really a, a group of just phenomenal warriors. It said that they were the, gr the greatest nomadic archers of all time, up there with the Magyars, the Mongolians. You know, they could, it said they could fire 30 shots from an arrow before a typical set, a settler could do one shot with his musket. In fact, I, I'm going to read from a line in the book here. A man named Caitlin, who had, uh, that's the last name, um, who had seen some, and he described them as, Among their feats of writing, there is one that has astonished me more than anything of the kind I've ever seen or expect to see in my life. A stratagem of war learned and practiced by every young man in, my, in the tribe, by which he is able to drop his body on the side of his horse at the instant he is passing, effectively screened from his enemy's weapons, as he lays in a horizontal position behind the body of his horse, with his heel hanging over the horse's back. In this wonderful condition, he will hang whilst the horse is at fullest speed, carrying with him his bow and shield, and also his long lance, fourteen feet in length. But doing something like that requires immense skill. It's something that they learned since 
they were children at the time, what is it, three or four years old, they believe they got their own horse. And they were very, and these, this tribe traded in horses, it's what they used as currency essentially. And they had thousands of them, they became basically a, mon a monopoly for horses amongst all uh, tribes, or of the, of the Plains Indians that is. They were one of the only, if not the only tribe that could breed horses, which apparently is a very knowledge-based, uh, well, very, very, in, very demanding, very difficult job. And they're very effective in their strategies of war. Much more powerful than any other tribe. I mean, they they lived in a landscape which demanded horses, and they got very good at them. You know, they were in their striking range, what was it, 400 miles or so? And they would go that far just to, to for an attack. Incredible. And it was a very new landscape for the settlers, both Spanish and Mexican and American, coming in there from the east, particularly, which was much more forested, different landscape than the Plains Indians out there, just were much more accustomed to that environment. People coming from the east were very inexperienced at that type of landscape, uh, such as the the Parker clan, as they were called, um, which is a, a large family that came down from Chicago to Texas, where they settled in the region. And, you know, to, to live. And uh, there was a, a Comanche raid on their, on their settlement that uh, killed a few of the men uh, a couple of the children, uh, well, one child, I believe, uh, and took a few hostage. Let's see. Um, where's that one? Quahati. That's the. That would have been the. The band of the Comanche which was much more isolated than other Comanche groups. But the story details how the attack went, what happened. Uh, Cynthia Ann Parker, which is a very famous girl who was kidnapped at nine years old, brought back to their camp where she was raised amongst them. She married one of them. And her, her eldest son, Quanna Parker, went on to become a famous leader within the Comanches and eventually he surrendered in the, in the early 1900s but yes she lived amongst them and she didn't want to return back uh, even even though there was there was certainly some abuse going on, um, as happens with any position of authority, you know, um, 
obviously the Parker clan came into their ter to Comanche territory. Comanches responded, retaliated with force. There's one story that when they came into the house, they they asked, um, they came up to one of the, he's a, a doctor or some sort of medical training, and went into his different chemicals and found a little a little jar of arsenic and started putting it on their face thinking it was white face paint uh, dissolving the stuff with their spit you know you, you lick your finger you put it in and then asked one of, one of the ladies there what was it she knew but she didn't say uh, partially out of you know these people broke into their, her home didn't want to give them too much information and so the four the four Comanches that put that on their faces certainly died, almost certainly, from arsenic poisoning. But there's just something... What is it with the fascination in Native American culture, history, in our day and age? There's something that just captivates the mind. And this is something that's inter intrigued me for a while. And I've really started thinking about it with this book. And what is it that a lot of that these bands of Comanches were doing? They were, you know, they're holding out for that last little bit in the struggle to survive. Land was being taken. You know, and what happened is, you know, a treaty would be made, a land treaty. They'd give away their land in exchange for some goods. Um, and then different settlers would break those treaties. Um, not necessarily the government, but sometimes. Um, also, another thing is, when they thought, when they were giving away their land in these treaties, they oftentimes didn't completely know what was going on just because in their culture they didn't really have so much of a of a, the concept of possessing something for your own. It's more like they just shared it, you know? So let them, let people go on. But anyway, um, land was being taken, and these, you know, Quinnot Parker, all these people, standing their ground, standing for something that they believe in, which is the future of their people. And that's something, that's just something intrinsically captivating romantic intensely American really is what it is someone is coming they're taking they're taking what you want they're taking what you love and you fight that's that's what happened in Braveheart is you know William Wallace was fighting for his country's freedom and he was eventually captured he could have given in, he could have renounced what he believed in, could have gotten a quicker death. But no, he in the in the movie, and of course the movie didn't was always completely accurate down to the every word, but you know, in the movie he, he shouted out freedom. I was listening to a podcast about with the director of what director or writer? It was the director of Braveheart, and he was talking about 
it's not a war movie, really. I mean, there's war in it. But what he wanted to write was a movie about what would you die for? What would you give your life for? And these Comanches were willing to fight and die for their people, for their culture, for their land. These tremendous warriors that, you know, they weren't particularly pop popular amongst other native tribes either. You know, they, they killed many of them, especially Tonka was. Um, they were not friends with them. Yeah, game, gang rapes, um, you know, not, that's not good stuff, but the, the idea is still captivating. I think that's pretty fantastic. And so that brings me to my next segment, which is just get into a little poetry about another sip of cognac about. Mm, that's good. Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. It's a very famous poem. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. I think that's quite a, quite a pretty poem, quite, quite nice, I must say. right. That is right. Don't go with the crowd. Go with where you want to go. Now, if where you want to go is with the crowd, fine. 
Alright. Oh, and uh, shout out, if, if you want to check out that book that I mentioned, Empire of the Summer Moon, I'm going to be added to my bookshop list. Um, now all my links are in one place. You can go to the description of this episode, go to my link tree, and then you'll find the bookshop link. And that's all the all of my book recommendations, as well as all the books of my guests. Uh, those are all going to be in one place. Okay. Um, big announcement. Big Big, big stuff, stuff going out here. Um, a new no- new show is out. Uh, Breaking points with Sagar and Jetty and Crystal Ball. It's a and it's pretty fantastic. They hosted Rising together on the, with with the Hill, um, and now they're independent. Pretty fantastic. Uh, so check out Breaking Points on YouTube. You're gonna want to do that. I know. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I like both of them. So they, they represent something that I think people are yearning for. He's more on the right, she's more on the left. Populist, left, populist, right. Um, base, that's just, that's code for anti-elite, really. Um, you know, anti, you know, not, not corporate news, not corporate politicians, you know. Um, little guys, you know, and that's the, you know, it goes back to the whole Substack revolution, you know, all the, all the journalists are going on to Substack, I'm on there, so subscribe on there, also in my link tree, in the, link in the, in the description of this episode, or in my bio, uh, on Instagram if you want. But yeah, you're gonna want to do that. Check out my my Substack. I'm gonna be adding to that more. But what is thinking about about breaking points that show? What is one, the problem, or at least one of the problems that we see with modern politicians? It's the thing is. They're not going, they're not fighting for actual policy positions that, that will actually change the lives of their constituents, really. They're just going with this damn culture war stuff, you know. You'll see, you know, Trump's going, stop, stop the steal, stop the steal. You know, it's all rigged. Um, you know, just a bunch of words, not really saying what we need to do to actually fix stuff. Um, and on the other side, it's like, defund the police. Um, it just stuff like you know admit you know institutional racism. You know what? Admit admit the unconscious bias that you have within you. Um, you can admit it and say, yes, uh, I am a I am susceptible to these this unconscious racism. Or if you deny it, it's like that's a proof. That's proof that it exists if you deny it. So it's like you can't win in either way. So just don't play the game. Don't play these games. You know? Just don't do it. Oh, there's some loons in the background. That's cool. Um, yeah. It's kind of like 
kind of what hap what happens with the the problem with a lot of these uh, Freudian therapists that go with this psychoanalysis stuff is that well, the thing is what what hap this is a fun little tangent I think. Um, the problem that there's this major problem with implanting false memories into people and oh, through hypnosis you know you conjure up these stuff that people think that they experience stuff that they really never ha that really never happened and if you deny that it happened it, then you know you know, let's say the therapist says, "Well, this person definitely, definitely is the victim of sexual abuse when they were when they were a child," and that's explaining all this. And if you deny it, that's proof that it happened. If you, or you can acknowledge it and say that it did happen. So either way, it happened in the minds of these people. And the, and the solution is just not to play along. Just say, "Screw all this. I'm done playing these games. Get me out of here." Find the portal out. Do not acknowledge them. I mean, you can talk about it if you want. But do not, do not play these games. So anyway, um, advocating actual policy proposals that fix people's lives, you know. So, um, you know, for for example, crystal ball, um, advocating like a, you know a universal healthcare, for example, you know, something that can actually help people, you know, pay those bills, or more more rightly, uh, you know, instead of just, you know, one of Slogger and Jetty's enemies is some of these more libertarian-leading re Republicans that are just like, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll go, and they'll go um, you know, marriage rates are declining. What are you going to do about it? Uh, well, we're, we're going to make tax cuts to the rich. What? Hmm? No, how about you, um, you actually do something that'll incentivize people getting married if you want to increase that, those rates? Or having kids, uh, you know, a child tax credit, for example. Um, give, or, you know, give people get money for having kids. You know, that's one potential proposal. But yeah, just do something. You know, instead we have these, like, activist-type congressmen that are sitting there doing nothing. They're just doing this culture war stuff. Sitting there fiddling their fingers twiddling their thumbs it's annoying it's annoying can't stand it can't stand it oh, I don't know I don't know that's all I got for you guys so uh if you want, if you want more from Point Counterpoint, uh, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Point Counterpoint Podcasts. Um, 
make sure to subscribe on Substack. Uh, that'll be fun. I'm gonna be. I haven't. I haven't added a lot to it as of now, but I will be. I will be contributing more in the near future. Um, but you'll want. You'll want to be up to date on that. You are going to want to visit my bookshop. Also in my link tree, link in the description or in the bo Instagram bio. Make sure to do all that. But have a good day, everyone. It's been lit, fam. Namaste.